And um, if you weren't here, um, or we haven't been here over the last sort of two or three weeks, we've been looking at uh, finding our voice. We all have an authentic voice as individuals and as a community. And then uh, last week I talked about being a voice, and we've been looking at a guy by the name of John the Baptist, uh, an important figure uh, in the Bible who uh, was a voice in the wilderness. When people came and they said, who are you? And they tried to whack a title or a label on him. He just said, you know, I'm none of those things. He said, I'm just a voice. I'm a person that, that knows who I am in Christ. My identity is secure in Christ. I know the assignment to which I've been given. He said, I'm out here proclaiming uh, not only audibly, but I'm modeling it. I'm being it. And when we do those two things together, you know, when we are becoming the message and when we are proclaiming the message, there is true power, there's true authority there to actually speak forth this reality because you're not only proclaiming something, you're actually becoming it. It's real to you. It's tangible to you. You are becoming the very life source. And this is Christ. The Bible says that the word became flesh. The word becomes living. The word is to become living in you and I. It's not just an intellectual knowledge we have. It's who you're becoming. Does that make sense? It's not so much about what you know. It's who you know and whose you are. You know, we we can... turn this whole thing into an intellectual exercise and have no authority and no power because it's just knowledge. It's information, and that does us no good. Who we know gives us our authority and who we are in him and who he is in us. It's Christ in us that's the hope of the world. The armor of God is not so much the thing you put on, it's Christ in you. And when Christ lives in you and is coming forth out of you and he's leaking, you're leaking him, he's leaking out of you. There's some real authority and power when you speak forth realities, things can change. Like he did, when we lay hands on people, healing can come. The kingdom is not only working in you, it's working through you. And so we've been talking a lot about this. How do we become this authentic voice that uh, I'm not trying to be someone else? I'm not trying to be Kirk. I don't get up in the morning and put Kirk's shoes on and Kirk's gear on and try and be a hip 23-year-old dude. I put on my shoes, my jeans, my clothes and get up and I be Greg Simnor because Greg Simnor is an authentic person created in the image of God to be Greg Simnor. Greg Simnor isn't to be anybody else but Greg Simnor. Greg Simnor is not to be Brian Houston. He's not to try and be anyone else but himself. And my title here gives me no authority at all. The authority I carry is Christ in me. Whether I am here or not here, that same authority, that same voice will be upon me. Same with you. We all, because we have Christ in us, that is what gives us authority. Does that make sense? And I'll be talking about that. Our titles, positions. So just because you, you know, people gun for titles in, in this community, I don't understand that. It's just about being this authentic voice because none of those things give you authority. So come with me to John 1, 19, 27. And last week I talked about um, giving you two attributes and I've really just shared what those are. I've just paraphrased them and I'm going to give you two more. Um, so just John 1, 19 to 27. Now, just before I do that, I just want to actually sing. 
going to swap mics, and I'm just going to sing this over us. I just felt then God just, just wants me to declare this song. I love this song, and there's just power in this song, and we sing it a number of times, but it's just, I love you, Lord. And so I just want to sing this uh, over you, to you, and just allow the Holy Spirit just to minister to you. You can sing along if, if you want to. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for today. Lord, we thank you that we come here as a community to engage with you. We don't come here to just be spectators, Father, but we come here to engage with what your Spirit wants to do. I thank you, Lord, that you have a nugget of truth, even more nuggets for every single person here today, that you want to communicate with them, change them through the words I'm saying and not even through the words that I'm saying. Lord, you have specific things that you want to communicate to us. So, Father, today we want to say we love you. We want to say, God, that you are the most important person in our lives. Father, help us to align our lives to your kingdom and to you. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear, let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Said, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Well, oh, my soul, we joyce take joy, my King, in what you hear, let it be a sweet, sweet sound, let it be a sweet, sweet, won't you let it be a sweet, Sweet sound in your ear, in your ear. I want to be sweet, sweet sound. I want to be sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Father, may our praises this morning and our hearts and our ears be attentive to what you want to do. I thank you that transformation starts within us. And I thank you, Lord, that you're building in us living water. Living water that refreshes not only our own lives, but other lives that we impact and touch for you. I thank you, Lord, that you want to be us, the church, to be pillars that support your truth here on the earth. And God, I pray you would continue just to define us, refine us, align our mindsets, and bring us into a greater depth and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Messiah, Yahweh, our Father, our Lord, Lord. Help us to understand 
the depths of your truth, the things that you have in place for us as your people to become and to be coming into this understanding of the bride, this people, saints, sons, priests that will reign with you, literally. Thank you, Father. Hear our voices. We want to hear your voice today as we commune. Lord, I love what Melinda said. Sometimes in the silence is the greatest moments. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, just before we do turn this, um, anybody want to share? Any, anybody shared this week or a couple of weeks just with somebody? You know, we've been talking about being a voice uh, last week. Chris just shared how uh, in, in his work, you know, his workmate actually came to him. A new guy at work came to him and said, look, I'm interested in this Christian faith. Do you know any Christians? Chris is, well, I think, was almost blown away. Well, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm a follower of Christ. Is there anyone here that has um, has shared anything during the week, even just handed out one of those things, just wants to give testimonies, power in our testimonies. Yep. I'll come to you, mate. You sit there. With Ignite, um, I, there's a guy at work, and I just got talking to him about how I'd been preparing content for that. And he said, oh, I'm not really ready to come to something like that, but can you bring the notes to me, so I've been feeding the notes to him and he's just been reading them, so he's like our distance learner, I guess you might call it. <laughs> so, so he's sort of arm's length, but he's doing it by correspondence, it seems. So. It's awesome. Correspondence ignite. <laughs> you know, I, had a, um, I had a conversation, I've just rejoined or rejoined uh, at the gym again, and um, I was having a conversation with the person. You have to go through a process now. And um, so I was just having a chat with the person that was signing me up, you know, and she's South African, and she said, you know, yeah. Um, she said, what do you do? And I said, oh, I work for The Rock. And she said, oh, the radio station? And I said, oh, well, you know, we sing some tunes, and uh, we, we rock it out at The Rock, but no, no, I, I work at The Rock uh, Community Church. And she was sort of like, oh, oh yeah, oh, okay. You could just sort of feel a little bit of tension in the air, you know, and she said, oh, she said, um, yeah, I said, I'm, a, I'm, I'm sort of a Christian. And, uh, and I said, oh, really? She said, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, what does that look like? She said, well, you know, she said, my, uh, my brother's um, father is a priest. And, and so we've sort of, you know, I've, I've, I've sort of dabbled in the Baptist thing. I've dabbled in the Catholic thing. I've sort of dabbled over here. And I said, but, but you know, she just said, she said you, know, you, don't, you don't have to be a, a Christian. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And I said, well, no, well, you're right, because, you know, the, the, the church isn't a building. It's not a destination. It's God's people. And she said, what? I said, it's who we are as a community. And I said, and you're right, you don't have to go, but you know, part of coming into this relationship with him is you want to go. You want to be part of God's people. And she said, oh, oh well, look, we're just not going to go there. Look, let's just, just sign the forms and yeah, it's gonna, I just don't want to go there. But my dad's trying to take there with me. And, I'm like, and so um, you know, that's sort of where it ended. And, and then uh, it was quite funny, really, because she said, she said, you know, I'm, she said, I'm, I'm, I'm really passionate about the people that I sign up. So you'll be hearing from me over the next three months. Make sure you're coming and all that. And I said, that's awesome. Give us more chance to talk about God. 
<laughs> she went, <laughs> you know, I just, her sales pitch, you know, I just sort of like flicked it on her a little bit. But anyway, you know, so I didn't, you know, I didn't lead her to God. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, she was sort of trying to get out the door and I was, you know, sort of in the thing. But just engage with people. You know, we don't have to get anybody saved. We don't, it's not on us to get saved. God just says, just be this voice and be you and have a laugh when you're doing it. And, and so that was, uh, once again, a great night last night. And just people are hungry, you know. Well, people are hungry for what we want to bring. So let's go John 1. Uh, I'm just going to read the passage out again, 19 to 27. This is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but he confessed, You know what? I'm not the Christ. They asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, No, I'm not him. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you so that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord as Isaiah the prophet said. Verse 24. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him and said to him, why then are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them saying, I baptize in water. But among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. Okay, the third thing. So maybe let's recap. The first thing I said was uh, last week was John knew who he was in Christ and he knew his father's assignment. So he knew who he was. He wasn't trying to be anyone else but who God, has, uh, God had called him to be. And the second thing I said was he knew who he was and the assignment that he'd been given had nothing to do with a title or a job description or a position. So the third attribute is John understood his authority to be an authentic voice. He understood his authority to be an authentic voice. Now, when I mention the word voice, just to give context, I'm not just just talking about audibly. Okay, I'm talking about um, how we live. So we communicate all the time without ever opening our mouths. We're our voices when we don't speak. That makes sense? And we're voices when we do speak. And so whenever you hear that I'm talking about that type of authentic voice, it's a being thing. And see, these, these priests and these Levites, they're sent from the Pharisees, and they can't figure him out. They ask him this question, and they say, how is it that you can baptize people, yet you are not the Messiah, you are not Elijah, and you are not the prophet? That doesn't fit into our paradigm of thinking because we're from this paradigm of thinking, but you're messing that up because you don't fit into it. Who gives you this authority? Because you're not these things. And John says this, because John's authority to do this, it didn't rest in a title or position, but it rested in a person. So his authority rested in Christ. And it's the same for us. Hence my comment before. My title as senior pastor gives me no authority in the spirit. You can label me, you can plant me, you can put people in boxes and all that. But at the end of the day, doesn't mean you've got any authority. The sons of Sceva found this out when they tried to cast out a demon. You know, they said, Jesus we know of. Paul we know of. Who are you? I'm the senior pastor of the rock. The enemy goes, whippy. <laughs> Literally, you know, that doesn't mean anything. Nothing at all. Can I see the Christ in you? That is the authority that I recognize and I have to submit to. 
two different things. What gives a person their authority is, is sorry. What gives a person their authority in Christ is their submission and humility towards the Father, because all authority is anchored in Him. Like I said, it's not about what you know; it's about who you know and whose you are. And as His sons, we are His. And as we walk in this relationship and allow that reality to define us, allow the spirit of sonship, which we've talked about, which is so vital that we get as his people, we capture the revelation of being a son, not an orphan, a son. We come into a greater reality of understanding the authority which God gave us. When he gave, Jesus Christ gave his disciples his authority. He says, you have my authority to go. And trample on scorpions. You have my authority to go raise the dead. You have my authority to go and speak forth life. That same authority given to the disciples is given to you and I. But we have to come into the reality, the revelation, the understanding that that lives within us. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more according to the power that is at work where? Within you and I. But the question is, is that a living reality for us? And my hope, my heart is as we journey on this journey together, we will come to understand and as we seek the Father, because it can only be as we seek the Father, this reality starts to come. And we're going to look at this passage in in, uh, John 3, where John says, you know what? A man can only receive what's been given him from the Father. And so it's essential we come in to this um, reality. And so just turn the page, come with me to John 3, and we're going to see the same sort of um, thing going on, but just worded slightly differently. John 3, verses 25. John 3, 25. It's so important that we are submitting ourselves to him, allowing him, and this is what um, I've really heard Melinda say as well, she was speaking, coming into this reality, just allowing him and his authority to wash over us and to define us. It says in verse 25, therefore there arose a discussion on the part of John's disciples with the Jew about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. You yourselves are my witnesses that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent ahead of him. I mentioned this last week. It's why it's so important you know who you are. Otherwise, other people will try and put labels on you, and you will actually take other people's identity. He's saying, I'm not the Christ. It's not me. It's not me. Don't look to me. I know what God has given me, and I'm walking in that. But if we don't have that identity settled in our own heart, what can happen is we'll maybe want to be him, or want to play a role that we're not graced for, or we allow other people to define us. And so, oh, do you think I am? Oh, do you think that is me? Oh, maybe I need to do that. But then there's no grace to accompany that work. And so it then becomes a struggle, and it's a burden, and it's hard. 
And that leads to frustration and sometimes the walking away. Why? Because we were never graced, because we didn't know who we were in him and what I'm graced for as an individual. That makes sense? Okay, so he says, I'm not the Christ, but I have been sent ahead of him. I love this. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. My sheep will hear my voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. These are probably the most powerful, well, some of the most powerful words. He must increase and I must decrease. See, John got it. I have a role to play. I have to be an authentic voice internally and proclaiming it. But I'm not going to step into the Christ's shoes. I'm not going to step into anyone else's shoes. He, I'm, all I'm here for is to pave the way for him. That's what Melinda was saying. The more she is going to understand and come into it, the more of Christ through her. I must become less. He, well, actually, I love it. He must increase. Uh, in that process of me seeking him, coming into him, being this voice, there's more authority in which I speak because there's more of him in me. Come with me to Matthew 8, verses 5 to 10. This is just another picture of it. It's phenomenal what Jesus says to this man. Matthew 8, 5 to 10. This man's a centurion. He's a Roman officer. He captures something of the Spirit. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. You see, the measure of authority that you're prepared to place yourself under in Christ will be the measure of authority you can use. The measure of authority that you actually allow Christ to be your Lord will be the measure of authority of the work he does in you, and then you'll be able to move in that authority. And what's fascinating about here is, and we haven't got time to go in here today, but we're the next part of that passage. There's something about faith and, and aligning yourself under Christ and placing yourself that enables you to be this authentic voice with authority and faith that has certain people at a dinner table in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. We haven't got time to go there today. But I want to encourage you to allow him, as he wants to be your Lord, this, the greater the authority of the voice you'll have. And the challenge for us is to not go too far with that, to not now think we are God. And now we start casting out things and you know, declaring things that aren't of him at all. And there's a beautiful picture of that where the, the, 
disciples come and you know they they're trying to um, do this work cast out i think it's a demon out of a boy and, and jesus says you know what this comes by fasting and prayer you're actually not yet at a, at a level of authority in me to be able to do this work you need to seek me more and come under a greater alignment of my authority to be able to do this there's a great level of submission in you that needs to be done and outworked and this is lovely this thought that without submission there is no commission so without submitting under him, there is not an authentic work of commission with him where he is doing the work. We can race off and we can go and we can do a whole lot of things, but there's no fruit. There's no, there's no sense of kingdom come because it's more in me than it is in him. It's more in my own strength than it is God actually allowing that work to be done. That's why we must be led by the spirit of God and operate in the grace that is on us, not trying to do it in our own strength, yeah? Okay, so that's the first, uh, sorry, the third thought is John understood his authority to be this authentic voice and he operated. And the fourth thing, final thing, is John's humility towards Christ empowered his authentic voice. So John's humility, the humbleness of the man, empowered the authority to be this authentic voice. See, we have to be careful as the church that we're not living in this thing called false humility. And there's a real tension that exists. You say, Greg, what on earth is false humility? False humility is sometimes being a doormat. You know, I have to be this person that's running around looking after these people. I have to be this. I have to be that. You know, I'm just placing myself at the bottom end of the pile because Jesus says, you know, if you want to be the greatest, learn to serve. And that's all true, but you have to, we have to walk in the tension of actually meekness. The true authority, true, sorry, humility is knowing who you are in Christ, knowing the authority you have, and moving in that grace, and standing strong as a pillar, and declaring. You're actually a strong person. A humble person is a strong person. Jesus is our example. The Bible says, blessed are the meek. It's another word for humility. Blessed are those. He could have, you know, it was, you know what kept him on that cross? It was love and meekness. He could have got off. He could have done a number of things. But he took who he was and the authority he had, and that's what kept him on that cross. And John had this humility. He understood it. You know, he said, I'm not worthy to untie this man's sandals, but I come and I baptize. You hear what I'm saying? I know the grace gift on my life. I understand it, but I move in humility. I'm not going to get more than you know above myself. I'm not going to try and run in lanes that I'm not graced to run in. But when I'm running in my own lane, I, I understand. I'm not exalting myself. The Bible says, man that tries to exalt himself will be humbled. But those who humble themselves will be exalted. I meet and have met in my time here and in Christianity plenty of Christians that come with agendas. They come with their own agenda. You need me. And I've got this on me. And I want this title or this position. And until I get that, I'm doing nothing. There is no humility in that. You know how we are to serve as, as followers of Christ, one another and Him, is when you come and you say, I have no agenda. How do I serve what you're about. How do I serve you? How do I help you? How do I help lay my life down for you? 
You need me to do X, I'll do X. If I never get to do Y, that's all good. But you know what, Father? I'm trusting in you and I'm submitting to this. And if you bring Y around, whatever Y might be for you, thank you. Do you know what happens when you get Y? You're now free to give Y back. Because it's not about you. Do we allow God to define us? And those that allow God to define us, you'll have kingdom authority. You'll move in that authority and it'll be a humble person. And God chooses to use humble, vulnerable, dependent people on him. Not people that think they have it all together, got the title, now I've got authority. But nobody's following. Well, there's nothing happening. It's just me running around enjoying my own little party. And John had this. He understood I baptize, let me read these words, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom, you know what, you actually don't know, I know him, it's he who comes after me, I'm just this forerunner, and the thong of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie, it was John's humility that empowered his life. That's a beautiful picture, isn't it? Because you know what, you realize it's not on you. It's no longer on me to do this. no longer on me. To, I've just got to run in my lane with the grace gift that's on my life, not trying to be anybody else. You know what? I'm authentic. And it's attractive to people in a good way, I mean by that. It's attractive. You, you become this, this person that that's a, 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 a gives off life. You're becoming this wellspring of life, living water. You leak him onto others. It's not you, it's him on you. And it's a beautiful thing. And I love this this response because, you know, John's disciples, their concern, hey, this fella called Jesus, he's nicking all our people to baptize. Are you concerned about that? Come on, what's going on? And this is what John doesn't say. He doesn't say, he doesn't ask these questions, why are you doing that? I need to do that. That's my role. Who gave you authority to do that? What am I now going to do? He doesn't ask any of those questions. He says this. A man can receive nothing unless it's been granted him from heaven. I am not the Christ. I don't want to be. (laughs) But I have been a sent I've been sent ahead of him. See, I think some of us today are asking for things that we're not graced for. And some of us are sitting on grace gifts that we're not using. There's some of us here sitting on grace gifts that we need to activate in his spirit. And there are some of us that are chasing positions and titles that we need to stop chasing. Because one, it's not about that. And two, we're not graced for that. And if we were to, God was to give it to us, it would kill us. So I hope you can hear that today. John understands three things. He understood who he was in Christ, who he is in Christ. He understood his assignment was not attached to a position or title. And he understood his authority in Christ to perform that assignment. All these three things are empowered by his humility towards Christ to be this authentic voice for his Lord. 
And that is why God entrusted him to bring in the new, the new day. Come with me to John 3. Sorry, Luke 3. Some of the things, you know, I'm just repeating some of the things we learn through repetition. Jesus constantly repeated himself. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom's like this. The kingdom's like that. He was the master at repeating himself, but just painting it different ways to help people capture what he was trying to say. And I, I, love, this, I love this passage. I really can see the humor uh, in God in this passage to confuse the wisdom of man. And um, it's John the Baptist preaches. John, uh, sorry, Luke 3, 1. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was tetriarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip was tetriarch of the region of Ituria, say that? and Trachonitis and Lysanias, all these words, and sorry, Lysanias was the tetrarch Abilene, and the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. This is like the Hollywood list of who's who. You could put here Brad Pitt, Mel Gibson, I don't know, um, all, all that, you know, what's Brad Pitt's wife's name? Angelina Jolie, Bill Clinton. All the who's who, all the people that are, you know, I'm not knocking those guys, but, you know, I'm just trying to paint a picture. All these people, okay? The word of God came to John. (laughs) The son of Zechariah in the wilderness. The word of God came to John. And I was meditating, I saw this Monty Python moment. Like, um, hello, um. Anybody know who John the Baptist is? I mean, I know you and you know me and we're all that. And the word of God, why didn't the word of God come to us? Came to John the Baptist? Who's John the Baptist? You imagine this guy. He's that funny fellow that wears funny clothes and eats locusts. He's honey. He what? You what? He's a nobody. Why didn't he come to us? John the Baptist? God picks nobodies, but somebodies. Sometimes we're nobody to some, but we're somebody to someone. He knows. He sees. We don't have to have all these credentials behind us. We don't have to have theology all nailed out, whatever that is. We don't have to have you know, all the bells and all the things ticked. You know what he looks for? He looks for humility. He looks for an open heart. He looks for people that love him, that are committed to him. He says, you know what? I'll take this man called John the Baptist. I'll take this Peter. I'll take a James. I'll take a Matthew. I'll take a Judas. I'll take these nobodies and I'll share my heart with them and I'll share this message with them and I'll hang out with them for three years. Then I'm going to send my Holy Spirit and the message that they proclaim of oneness to a world. I hope that the church that is coming will capture it and carry it and understand that as they come to know me more, they'll understand who they are in me. They'll understand that, that who I am is not defined by titles or positions or, or influence or, or all these things. Prestige. It's the lowest of the low. And I'll exalt them 
as they submit to me and the authority in which they carry will be real and genuine of the spirit. It won't be manufactured. It won't be manipulated. It won't be trying to be replicated. It'll be a work of me, which is genuine and true to transform someone's life. And as they live in that and understand that and move with humility of heart, I will exalt the church in the earth. And the earth and the world will look and know we have something to offer. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful way of doing it. I love that passage. I just see it's God's heart. The pride of man all there. And God says, here's the man. Here's the man. The Bible says not to look at stature, but look at the heart. Don't look at the good looks. Don't look at the flash hair. Don't look at the flash clothes. Don't look at the flash shoes. I'm looking at the heart. I see a heart that I can use and a heart that will be submissive and a heart that won't take my authority and go somewhere with it where we're not supposed to go but will allow it and be submissive to me for a greater reality that's coming at a judgment seat when I've seen and looked and seen a people that will do it my way. Not lawlessness, my way. Here's your reward. Now let's go back together and let's rule this planet. He wants to give, and I've said this before, I'm not giving my daughter the keys to my Maxima at the age of five, the age of 17, the age of 20, if I know she's not responsible with what I want to entrust to her. Why? Because she'll kill herself and she'll kill other people. And a loving father does not do that. So he looks, and I'm looking. Are you growing? Are you maturing? Are you developing? Can you handle the authority I'm giving you? Yes, you can. Now together, let's go. Father, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for who you are. I thank you, Lord. Thomas, maybe just come forward, mate. Lord, you're just, oh, you're so hungry today. So hungry for us, Lord, to come into and to be and become. We're becoming it. We're being it. It's this constant present text, guys, that you know, we are it. We're coming into it. We're saved, but we're being saved. We're free, but we're being uh, coming to a greater level of freedom. We have knowledge, but we're coming to a greater depth of knowledge. It's this constant process of being transformed through his spirit. God just looks. He looks for faith. He looks for obedience. He looks for people that will persevere and keep going, keep running, allowing the message to, to change you. You become it and then proclaim it. And more and more, I'm seeing a world that's so hungry. You know, we've got, we've got all this other stuff going on, you know, with the same-sex marriage law and all that stuff. And Father, we just pray right now in this whole thing, this whole bill. I pray your kingdom come. Lord, I pray your kingdom come. I pray that the nation of New Zealand would rise. Lord, those that don't know you, those that do know you would rise, Father. And your will be done in this situation, God. Pray for understanding for those that are trying to push this bill through. Understanding, Father, changes everything. And so, Lord, we just want to be a voice 
We want to submit ourselves to you and be a voice and have a voice. But Lord, we're not told to control that. We're not told to, to try and get in there and rip it out of the hands. We're just called to be a voice. Be one of authority, but submit it to you. You're in control of everything that's happening for a greater purpose. And so God, I continue to pray and lift your name on high. And I pray that we would be a voice and be a voice of hope. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Would you sing with me just, I love you, Lord, again? And just, well, just, just voices. We'll just sing that. And maybe just invite you to stand with us as a community. And just declare our love for him, our passion for him. Father, we want to be more and more your people that are living hope. I pray today for those that are hurting in our community today, Lord. I pray you'd bring healing and wholeness. I pray that if we are hurting today, we'd turn that towards you. Try not to hold it. Try not to fix it. Try not to look to others to fix it, but turn it towards you and give it to you. Father, you tell us that if we're carrying stuff, there'll be an exchange. If we come to you, we have to come to you. We have to make an active choice of our will. Thank you, Lord.